Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Total Screamers podcast. I'm Jake and I'm joined by Jed. Say hello Jed. Hello mate. And we're back with Paul. How are you doing Paul, you alright? How's it going? All good? Yeah, yeah, good mate, good. Good week of football this week lads, wasn't there? Some really crazy results um, throughout the week I think. Um, so we'll start at the beginning, Crystal Palace, West Ham. West Ham got the win, what are your thoughts on it? It's kind That's of what I expected um, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seemed like a good result for West Ham. Um, I didn't. I guess I didn't expect them to score three goals away from home, but <laughs> to beat Palace like they did was yeah, good result. Um, not really sure about Palace at the moment. With like, yeah, yeah, their form isn't great, and then a hmm. lot of their key players are like running out of contract at the moment. So you have like Sacco, Benteke, Cahill, Van Arnold, and Hodgson all out of contract at the end of the season. Yeah. Mm. So I'm not sure if that's contributing to the poor form, but um, yeah, the result I kind of went kind of went as expected i guess yeah what were your thoughts jed i agree uh, i i you know i don't think anyone was expecting palace to to beat west ham especially with the form west ham are in at the moment um mm. they showed some good character in this game as well to come back because they were uh losing at, at one point in the game um so they've come back and, and obviously won three two um Thomas Suchek. That's one of the, the the main the first note I've written about this game um, in my phone is is Thomas Suchek <laughs> because he's a he's an absolutely brilliant footballer, isn't he? Well, he's, he's certainly getting himself in the right places at the minute yeah, and, and really performing is. well. He's like we we spoke about him before, and he's not a classic box to box midfielder, isn't he? Um, mm. I think it's just great to watch. It adds so much you know, to to West Ham's team. I think without him, they're a worse side, definitely. Um, he's looking like a bargain, isn't he? As well, just under twenty million they paid for him. I think, yeah, know, he's looking like an absolute steal at that price. Definitely, definitely, and he's fueled up on potato salad. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> um, so West Ham went fourth at the time of this result, um, and I think that's you know when Moisey took over in in twenty nineteen, I think they were seventeenth in the league. I mean, that's some turnaround in just just over a year, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's some achievement from them. Um, you know, think about how much of a turnaround that is from being potential relegation candidates when when Moors came in to now. You know, they they've got a real chance of, of making Europe this season. I wouldn't say they were going to finish in the top four, but certainly you know within that top six, seven. Um, you know, it, it's definitely feasible for them. So it's it, they've done really well. Seemingly, you know, not really recruited many players either um, mm. along the way. So for Moyes to have turned it round like that, he's done a fantastic job there. Well, you say that, but Jesse Lingard is on the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. true. (laughs) Big signing, big signing. just think that's such a strange signing for me. I just just don't get it at all. I I don't think he's really good enough to get in their team, to be honest. I don't think he fits their style of play, really, either, Jesse Lingard. 
Mm. I think I think it's... It, he's a he's a good player when on his day, but like you say, Jed, um, he doesn't get in the team at the minute for me, not at all. Whether he's just come in to you know to to bolster that squad and give it a bit of competition, show everyone that you know places aren't being taken for granted and things like that. Um, but yeah, I think it's a strange one, like you said, Paul, as well. I think it's a bit of a strange deal. Seems like a classic bench, West Ham so. transfer, doesn't it? <laughs> it's yeah. this, this yeah. guy that no one really knows if he's any good anymore. Not, I don't, not that he was ever any good, but like he was in the England team for a while. Yeah, playing for United, so obviously there's something about him. But like Suchek is the main guy getting all the goals, and you just wonder where Lingard's going to fit in mm. uh, to the team. Like it's very much based around Suchek and Antonio. Two big lads. Yeah, and yeah. obviously they've got the creativity in the team with, with the likes of Ben Rama. And I don't think you'd start <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> I don't think you'd start Lingard ahead of Ben Rama at the moment. Um it, in, with the way that they've been playing. So it is, you know, I think potentially just gonna be one to just sort of deepen the bench a little bit, isn't it? And that's what know, I think. He might, yeah. he might come on for the last twenty minutes and you know, with a, a fresh pair of legs and, and cause defenders some problems if they need them to. Yeah, I think he'll be probably a squad player rotated massively and I think it might you never know, it might work out quite well. He might need a new place to show what he can do and exactly why he got in that England squad. Uh moving on to Newcastle Leeds. Now Newcastle's woes continue. Um I think they've not won in eleven now in all competitions in a row so you know it's not looking great for Newcastle at the minute what did you boys think about it they scored a goal <laughs> they did score a goal credit to them a good goal they as did. well <clears throat> a very good goal yeah yeah um they they did manage to score a goal so that's a positive sign for them but um I think it's it's a bigger result for Leeds to be honest mm. I think Leeds really needed a win um and and for them to have come through that with three points is is big for them um Newcastle, I don't know where their next win comes from, to be honest, because they don't look like they are. They don't. They don't look like they've got enough to to go out and beat a team right now. Um, mm. Although I think Saint Maximin's on his way back, isn't he? And he did come on during this game and and yeah, had had one chance, I think. But you know, getting players like that back in the team will definitely help them. But at this point, it's it's looking pretty bleak for them, isn't it? Yeah, he's a big player, isn't he? Um, to have back, but is it potentially too little, too late? That's the question. Yeah, so. have to agree. Like Leeds, if there's a time to play Leeds, this is it. Like they hadn't won in January, yeah. lost to Crawley in the FA mm. Cup. So like, and had like one of the worst performances this season against Brighton. So this is really the time to play play against yeah. them. And Newcastle did come into it in the second half. Like Almiron really played well and looked like the person to get a goal, which he got in the end. And like Leeds were definitely on the back foot for good portions of the second half. Yeah. But then I guess it's kind of, it just like not sums up Newcastle season, but like Leeds just had that bit of quality, like, and Jack Harrison got a great goal. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, St. Maximan came on and caused a few problems, but it seemed like it was just a little bit too late in the game. And yeah, as mm. Jed said, maybe just a little too late this season. But having said that, there is like half the season left. So, um, yeah, just whether Bruce stays for that long. I I don't see there being too much pressure on Bruce at the moment, but if yeah, mm. if that winless run goes on further, like stretches to 15 games or whatever, then obviously there's going to be pressure. Yeah. Um, I think I think the pressure is coming from the fans, isn't it? Not from Mike yeah. Ashley. I mean, the fans are, are going to put pressure on it because they obviously they want to see their club do well. They're not particularly f- fond of the style of football that Bruce is playing. And yeah, they don't like Mike Ashley. I mean, that's very well documented. So they want change, I think, across the whole board and across um, starting at the top, working its way down to the manager. Um, Newcastle is uh, seven points above the relegation zone, which, you know, luckily for them is quite a big buffer at the moment, the way some teams are playing down there. So, But, you know, teams are starting to also pick up form. So Newcastle really do need to start getting some wins, don't they? Yeah, they yeah. they risk getting dragged into it, don't they? Yeah, um, and I think they've been they've been lucky that teams like Fulham um, and Brighton have drawn so many games because they're mm. they're teams that you know on their day play really well and potentially should have won more games than they have. If they had done, Newcastle would be in a lot worse position right now. So I think if, if um, it, things continue the way they are, with other teams' form seemingly picking up and, mm. and there's completely on the slide then and they're definitely going to be in danger and it's the wrong time of the season to to get stuck down there yeah absolutely moving on Southampton Arsenal I mean what did you boys think about this I thought this was a pretty decent game yeah I think it was a good, as good a game as we expected um, mm. I'd 
I'm glad I sat on the fence. <laughs> Didn't want to cover <laughs> this one the other day. Um, I did think that Southampton would cause Arsenal a few more problems than they did. But Arsenal, yeah. to their credit, they they played really well. They seemed to just just out outclass Southampton at times, um, and that ultimately that's why they they got the win. Um, all their goals were taken really well um, as well, and it, it speaks volumes about the the change in mentality at, Ar- at Arsenal as well. Um, mm. To have gone one nil down pretty early on and then and then come back and and, and win three one in the way they did. Um, I thought I thought that was really good from them. Yeah, we've seen Arsenal fall apart often this season, haven't we, when they've conceded an like mm. a goal quite um sort of early ish on. Um but fair play to them, credit to them for coming back. Paul, what did you think about the game? Yeah, just same really. Like this is the first time Arsenal have come back in the Premier League all season. So mm. come back and win. Um it's like encouraging signs for Arsenal definitely at the moment definitely. with Saka and Smith Rowe. Their form, like Saka's been playing the whole season, but Smith Rowe's definitely new to the team or the first team. Yeah. And then they have Odegaard coming as well. So that seems like a decent Big transfer. Deal, yeah. Um if like not to join them but even to uh like replace them, take the heat off them kind of thing. Yeah. Um yeah. with the with so many games coming up. And yeah, it seems like a positive time for Arsenal. But at the same time it was what a negative time for them like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. Pre- pressure was building so it just yeah comes and goes obviously um, especially with a team like Arsenal where like they have a relatively new manager young mm. players it's always going to go up and down pretty quickly um, but yeah they're seven points off top four but yeah obviously top four is I think out of their reach but seven points isn't the biggest gap no so it's something that they can aim for um, but at the same time they're what ninth or tenth at the moment so very much stuck in the in the middle of the table I think and, if yeah. Arsenal Arsenal keep to keep playing the youngsters and, and I think Saka especially has been phenomenal this season and he was great again Definitely. great again against Southampton standout performer 100% oh, yeah he's been Arsenal's player of the year and he's you know proof that this is why you should give the kids a go and he's proven exactly why that and Smith Rowe as well he's been great since yeah. he's come into the side um, and that certainly <laughs> turned Arsenal's um, I think pretty much turn their season around is is dropping some of the bigger names for for relatively unproven youngsters and to proven exactly why they were so highly touted. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing that, that they can take positive from, from this game though is that even Nicolas Pepe scored. He did. So <laughs> I mean, things are definitely looking up for them if they've managed to get him on the score sheet. Um, and to be to be fair, he took his goal quite. It was well, a good goal. Well. Yeah, it was a um, good finish. Yeah. So yeah, I think the the turnaround from Arsenal, considering where they were. Yeah, not that long ago has been mm. has been really good and, and yeah they're seven points off the top four at the moment but if they keep their form up as, as the, you know they've been in recently then there's no reason why they can't you know get back up there I don't know whether they will be in the top four but certainly again challenging for, for the Europa League again whereas mm. you know a month ago you would have said that that was nowhere near on the cards and they were a lot closer to relegation um, definitely so it's credit, credit to them as well and, and like you say I think cha- uh, changing it up putting the youngsters in is definitely you know, worked wonders for them and hopefully they continue you know, to pick those players absolutely now moving on to a game that none of us thought the result would be any different than it was Man City absolutely battered West Brom I don't want to spend too long on it because it went exactly the way that we thought it would and just want to spare Big Sam's feelings don't we <laughs> yeah I mean Man City were great again weren't they but they're just too good <sighs> They were just far too good for West Brom. Yeah. I mean, yeah. most teams have been too good for West Brom this year, but Man City at the moment are too good for everyone. Um, yeah. and they've just proved it there. I mean, they were just absolutely on fire. Um, Gundogan is, is in the form of his life at the moment as well. Um, oh, he's been phenomenal, he's, hasn't he? He's such a key player, and, and he absolutely ran the show the other day. Um, I think that, that they're looking really, really solid right now, and... and for West Brom, we were saying before the game, obviously at the beginning of the week, that it was just going to be damage limitation for them. Fortunately, yeah. they just they just couldn't keep City out as much <laughs> as they tried. <laughs> I think when Man City are in this kind of mood as well, there's not a lot of many sides can do, especially one no. with a leaky defence as West Brom's. Um, <laughs> so, like we said, damage limitation. But when Man City are in that kind of form, there's only so much you can actually do. <laughs> Anything else to add, Paul, on that? Demolition um, or well, the the one big surprise I thought was surprising after the game, because um, there was a controversy over the second goal. Yeah, where that's she, right. Yeah, was. had her uh, flag up, but Big Sam refused to blame her. Said that she made one mistake, but his team made a lot more than one mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I was very surprised by that. 
I thought he'd go at her. Uh, I, but yeah. I thought he'd go off at her as well. Yeah, yeah I didn't. Absolutely. I didn't think it was offside. To be honest, you play it's to the whistle. Good. You play to the whistle, don't you? And yeah. uh, the the replay showed that they the striker was level, so they yeah. it was the right call to keep the flag down. His players stopped. West Brom stopped and, and let Man City play. And at the end of the day, you're taught as a kid, aren't you? You play to the whistle. Yeah, and, exactly. And you know the West Brom players didn't do that. And Big Sam's right. You know, if that goal hadn't have stood. Man City still scored four. Yeah, yeah. Four, <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like it was nil nil in the ninety first minute. Man City then get that goal. Then <laughs> yeah. he'd be uh, then he'd be furious. But I mean, he's he's seen that and he's just gone. Everyone thinks I'm going to be controversial. I'm not. After. I mean, we were terrible. <laughs> yeah, he's a wise man. Callum Robinson was <laughs> half time and put on a defender like so. That just kind of shows. And then I think <laughs> City took off Foden possibly as well at half time. So. I think everyone just decided it's game over. Yeah, it was. It was definitely. It was definitely one of them, wasn't it? We'll leave it at that for today. Yeah, West Brom um, just making up the numbers, weren't they, for forty-five minutes? So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Moving on to what I thought was a really, really good game and a bit of a shock was the Burnley Villa game. Now Burnley won three-two, and I thought Burnley were brilliant absolutely brilliant and we were talking in the preview about we weren't really sure if they had the firepower well they proved us wrong <laughs> um, yeah definitely yeah, they really did like they didn't really turn up for the first half and then yeah. the second half they just turned the whole game around and like obviously Dwight McNeil's goal was lucky but then the second goal or sorry the third goal the winning goal was just like, mm. typical Burnley just it was classic Burnley ball. wasn't it yeah random <laughs> ball up the left wing Vidra, Vidra did really well like and brought it back um but then yeah like to let Dwight McNeil just pick out a cross like that yeah and then even then Chris Wood had such a hard time to get it on target get any power <laughs> on it but just to stick it in the corner like it was a great header but just yeah vintage Burnley goal it was like a great you header. Say, do, you know what, do you know what I like so much about that header is that he didn't really get any power on it he's sort yeah. of, he's yeah. headed it as the ball as he was coming out of the air and it sort of just dropped onto his head and he just guided <laughs> it into the the one part of the goal where the goalkeeper couldn't reach a great header, and that's a great goal to, to win the game as well. Classic Burnley. Like you say, the, the the first goal, I think, was was a bit lucky, but when you're in a relegation battle, you need those little bits of luck, and Burnley finally got, got some of that luck. Um, but I thought I thought it was a really good game. Um, I thought Villa Villa were you know weren't terrible. Um, they weren't obviously up to the standard that we've seen them this season, but... Um, they it, they certainly played their part in a, in a really good game, um, and yeah. they'll be happy that Grealish is scoring again. Now he's got a goal. Yeah, definitely, and, and he looked lively as well. Um, like you say, I think Villa they did play quite well um, yeah. going forward. They certainly looked you know, threatening as they always seem to do. And you know, we are, as as I say, I, I stated that uh, I thought Villa would have too much for Burnley before mm. this game, and, and obviously Burnley proved me wrong there. Um, <laughs> credit to them because they've they've been much improved. Um, you know, in that in that game especially than than how they have played over the last mm. you know, month or so, um, so that will that will be a big boost for them. Um, like Paul said, big slice of luck for the the McNeil goal. It just sort of it's a, a hopeful ball across you know the, the six yard box, isn't it? it? Ends up going in the corner, but yeah. you need that you need that kind of luck um, to get these results. So fair play to them, and, and hopefully they'll go and build on that now um, because. Taking three points off Villa is, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing to do this season. So, mm. yeah, well played, Burnley. Yeah, very, very good, very, very positive. Now moving on to Chelsea Wolves. So in the preview, we spoke about Frank Lampard <laughs> needing to do a few things. Well, Frank Lampard was sacked the day <laughs> our podcast came out. So we Guess unfortunately. We missed the big, the big just, one, didn't we? Just so, goes to show we know nothing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we were we were sort of questioning whether he gets sacked after this game. You know, is this is he got this game to save himself? Well, evidently not. He got sacked. But firstly, before we move on to the game, what, what what were your thoughts when you did see that that Lampard had obviously been sacked? I was um, somewhere between being surprised and, and not surprised because, <clears throat> as we were saying, you know, we thought he would get a bit longer than mm. than what he has had. Um, but it's typical Chelsea Abramovich style, isn't it, to to sack the manager? Um, you know, at this at this kind of point of the season, if things aren't going well, um, he's not really renowned for giving managers time, is he, Abramovich? <laughs> yeah. So um, that's why I'm not really surprised. But I, I, you know, I've seen a lot of support for Lampard out there, and, and um, most, well, the, the general feeling I think is that he's been harshly treated um, because it's the first real 
bad spell of form that they've had and he's ended up losing his job. Mm. Personally, I think that, you know, I, I don't see why how anyone can be really too surprised at it, given that, as I say, they spent all that money and he's a Chelsea manager. If he was manager of somewhere else, essentially he'd yeah. be given more time, but... The fact that he's managing Chelsea, you don't get that. You don't get that opportunity at Chelsea to, you know, to turn things around. Do you? you have to deliver? And, and he spent so much money on players. You would have thought that they would have been able to deliver a bit more than what they have done this season. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens now, though, with with Thomas Tuchel coming in. Um, there seems to be a trend at the moment of lining up another manager straight away and then yeah. appointing them literally the day after sacking another manager. Um, it's happened quite a lot recently, so I, I wonder how long yeah. they've been lining it up for. Because, um, you know, obviously he's been out of a job for a few weeks now. Um, yeah. Potentially, you know, Frank's been been living on borrowed time for a lot longer than we thought. <laughs> yeah, I think the Leicester game when they lost 2-0 was possibly the end of the line for him. Mm. Um, and I read, yeah, that he kind of not said his goodbyes after that game, but kind of knew the writing was on the wall. But yeah, it's, it's a weird one because like you... You can see the results are going poorly, so you're expecting a sacking. But then when it happens, you're still surprised that it happened in a weird sort of way. <laughs> yeah. Just, I don't know. And it's kind of just something to laugh about, I guess. Uh, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, they weren't good enough this season. That's like for certain. Everyone knows that. But then on the other end, like he brought in all the young players, gave them their chance and they all mm. performed. So obviously that's down yeah. to him. If he had brought them in and they hadn't performed then I think people would still say, oh, he tried to bring in youth yeah. and he couldn't buy people. But he actually did help them. They obviously liked him. But then, yeah, there's all sorts of stories saying that the dressing room was, was a little divided. And then, yeah, he didn't, mightn't have got on with the CEO and stuff. So when it's all added up and then it's Abramovich, like it's it's going to happen. And then if Tuchel's there as well, available at the time. He's going to take him, isn't he? Exactly. Like what has Lampard done? He's not, like it's not like he's been managing for a long time, but he doesn't really yeah. have experience to draw on. He hasn't won any trophies. Like he's won as a player, but like it doesn't, it doesn't add up to being a good manager. Like that's absolutely that's been shown time and time again. Like he could come back and in ten years could be come. He will be a better manager, obviously. Mm. But at the time, like I think everyone, if you're given the chance between Tuchel or Lampard for any job, you'd obviously like you'd no pick one would Tuchel, pick Lampard. Like yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, um, I yeah. thought. Like you say, it was it's one of them where the writing's been on the wall for a while, but when it happens, you still go, "Oh right, that's a bit harsh." But I think <laughs> I thought I originally thought that when when he got sacked. But like you said, Paul, and then when they immediately announced Tuchel, I was like, "It's obvious." I mean, <laughs> he's he's won. He got PSG to a Champions League final last year. He's won. I know it's not the hardest league in the world, but he won the league every time he's every year he's been there. Um, he's done well at Dortmund. I mean, it's it's probably the be- the best deal for Chelsea. But moving on to the game, it was when he his first lineup. Those sort of young players that Lampard's brought in well, immediately dropped, weren't they? I mean, <laughs> James Abraham and Mount, who've been yeah. really well. All three of them have played brilliantly this season. Immediately on the bench, and I think I don't know whether you know what what if that's going to be long term or whether you know they might. To be fair, they might just need a rest. They've played a lot of football, but. The actual game itself was very, very dull. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they didn't get that new manager bounce instantly. But I think Wolves will definitely be the happier side with that point. Oh, one hundred percent. I think on the uh, on the face of it, Chelsea were the team who deserved to win it. If either team would, you know, we're going to come away with three points from that game. They did. They they had more of the ball. Um, they had the better opportunities to mm. win the game as well. Had better chances. So um, obviously, there's you know they're in a transitional period now and, and I don't know whether they were going to be expected to win their first game with Tuchel having such short time to yeah. you know, get in there and pick his team but um, Wolves will definitely be happier because as I said they only had one or two real chances in the game to uh, to actually you know, score so so it draws a good result for them especially not conceding a goal as well um, mm. which is something that they've struggled with lately so clean sheet is, is definitely a positive for them yeah, absolutely. That clean sheet, I think, is big, a uh, big sort of building block for them to go off. And I think they had 20, 78% possession as well in the game. It was something ridiculous like that. But I don't think they really created enough with it. Um, but obviously, they had what I think one one session under Tuchel before the game, so they're not gonna they're not gonna know exactly what he wants yet. Um, we'll yeah. obviously see that be built built on. Um, enough about Chelsea for now. But Brighton, Fulham. 
nil nil, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, expected. Yeah, well, it was, it's, it's it a missed was, opportunity for both teams, this one, isn't it? I agree, I agree. It was a six-pointer for them. Um, to be honest, it could have gone either way. I, to, I didn't watch the game, but um, watched the highlights, and yeah. both teams had you know decent chances. It looked like they were both giving it a go. Just neither of them could put the ball in the net. Um, Nil-nil, you know, they, they'll take it and move on, I guess. Fulham, think, draw, Fulham drawing's no surprise, really, is it? <laughs> and, yeah, I was just about to say, I think both sides... <laughs> needed to win but would probably also be happy with a draw because it yeah. meant that they couldn't lose or gain like lose ground on the other team yeah. um, but yeah Fulham and drawing isn't a shock absolutely <laughs> 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 not yeah Ful- like Fulham have, la- have drawn three of the last five games only scored 15 goals all season so <laughs> it's clear they've only conceded 27 which compares pretty favourably to like the teams around them good for yeah relegation yeah. Exactly. So it's it's clear where where their problems lie. Um, chance creation yes. and scoring goals in the end, and then yeah, Brighton haven't won that for fourteen games at home. That's so, a big. Oh, that's a that's a bad know. stat for them, isn't it? That's a, a big big stat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think Fulham have West Brom next, so that'll be an even bigger game. That's <laughs> massive again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Two, 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 six, two six pointers in a bounce, two points out of them. <laughs> um, that's a big one, though. I think, <laughs> obviously, we know it's every game for these sides are big, but you know, when you're playing the sides around you, it's extra incentive. Moving on to sort of a battle for a Champions League place, isn't it? Leicester-Everton. I, um, I did watch this game. I thought it was it was pretty decent. Um, what did you boys think? seemed like Everton earned a, a credible draw, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I thought that a draw was a fair result. Um, without the Jordan Pickford error, potentially Everton could have walked away with all three points from it. Um, it was a, it's a tricky one, wasn't it, to, to keep out, given that it's come through you know, quite a few players, but Jordan Pickford, isn't it? He's, you know, in that situation, he loses. So, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, uh, I thought that um, Everton, for the, for the most part, you know, they, did, they they tested Leicester and they had a couple mm. of chances themselves. And, and obviously, Leicester, as you'd expect, were, were threatening um, yeah. Madison and Barnes again, the danger men. Um, but I think both sides will will take a draw there. Yeah, Leicester dominated more possession, more more shots, more corners. Um, so I guess they did deserve at least a draw. Hmm. And Pickford hmm. was there to help them out. Um, so yeah, but it, yeah, it was always going to be a close game, I guess. What do you guys think about Pickford? Do you think he should start for England if there is a no. Euros this summer? No, no, no not, not for me. He's in the squad, but he's not. He's not starter. I think Nick Pope's my number Nick one Pope, at the moment. Nick Pope's my. He's my choice as well. Um, in form, yeah. He's yeah, he's been a, been great this season. He's solid as well, and and Pickford I think has made so many errors this season, and I think it's just in general he's quite a quite a, like really like um, just crazy type of goalkeeper. If you erratic. know what I mean, erratic. That is the yeah, word I was looking he for. Makes, he makes some he's some an erratic decisions, doesn't he? He, yeah. he comes out for crosses that he's got no business coming out for. You know, <laughs> he lets a lot of shots go through. That really shouldn't. Mm. Um, I think he is. He's erratic, and he he he'll cost. He can cost the team. And in things like the Euros, where you know one, it's one chance often that makes the difference in sort of last sixteen quarterfinals and semi-finals. You know, you can't afford to be having a keeper that every time a cross or a shot comes in, you think, is he going to save this one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. To be honest, mate, um, he's just. He's not as safe a pair of hands as a goalkeeper should be, um, yeah. especially at that level. And and going into the Euros, obviously you need a solid keeper um, yeah. because, like you say, one chance can can turn a game um, in in a knockout tournament. So especially Definitely. an international knockout tournament. So uh, for me, I would go with Nick Pope, but um, he's still a very good goalkeeper, though. Don't get me wrong; I, I do think Jordan Pickford is a good keeper, yeah. just not the best English keeper in the league at the minute. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think if Dean Henderson was playing more regularly, he'd be in with a shout as well. But Yeah, certainly. Um, but Nick Pope, for me, would probably be the choice. But like you say, this was a decent game in all accounts. And, and Leicester were helped by Pickford. <laughs> but <laughs> um, 
you need those bits of luck, don't you? As you know, we keep saying you need that little slice of luck, and they and they got it. But Rodriguez's goal was great as well. Yeah, I have a finish. feeling that they they probably would have got the goal anyway. Yeah, um, it was coming. It was coming if, anyway. It was coming. If that, if you know, if not for that mistake, I think it probably goes in at some point for for Leicester, doesn't it? But yeah, yeah on the flip side, James Rodriguez. Yeah, his goal was was really well taken mm. on the right foot. Absolutely, yeah, his right foot finish. as well. Yeah, yeah lovely finish. I, Ancelotti said he'd never seen him score. With his right foot before, <laughs> he's managed him with Real and Bayern Munich. Yeah, that's, yeah, three clubs he's had him at now, and he's and he's never seen it. Yeah. It was such yeah, the, an unbelievable goal, though. Yeah, yeah, really good goal. Great player as well. Moving on to probably potentially one of the shocks of the season: uh, Manchester United getting beat by Sheffield United at Old Trafford. I mean. I spoke to one of my friends, he's a Man United fan, and, and he said that in the first sort of five, ten minutes he was watching the game and he, he said he had a bad feeling because they just didn't look look up for the game. He said, and Sheffield United did, and ultimately he was proven right. Obviously, United I, were, I thought, pretty terrible <laughs> in, that, in that game. And Sheffield United defensively were really, really sound. Got a slice of luck when they needed it most. What did you boys think about it? I think United underestimated Sheffield United, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, they they turned up clearly thinking that it was going to be an easy game. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, why wouldn't you, to be fair, against Sheffield United this season? Uh, but they <laughs> they then, having gone 1-0 down, then just didn't seem you know, like they wanted it enough to, to mm-hmm. come back and turn it around. And um, obviously, yes, they got the equaliser and it was a great header from Harry Maguire as well to, to, to equalise. But, but Sheffield United, you know, they they punished them, didn't they, for for not being good enough at the end of the day? Um, uh, you know, we thought that last year was mental to have started off this year with Sheffield United going to Old Trafford and winning in the bottom of the league, and obviously United are top. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty backwards, isn't it? But but credit credit to them because you know if they do go down this season, they've got that memory of of taking three points at Old Trafford. So <laughs> crazy, absolutely crazy. Paul, yeah, what I, did you think? I'm not. Yeah, I think like you. I'm not sure if United underestimated Sheffield United, but they made a few changes in defence, and I think that kind of sends out the wrong message. You're mm-hmm. not like if you're making changes in defence against a lower team, it can send out the wrong message to the players actually in the team, thinking, "Well, if we're changing our defence, we're not going to be up against much tonight." Um, and obviously, yeah, it was a shock. I didn't think United played very, very bad, but like they just didn't really do much, and I don't think Sheffield United <laughs> did much either. They just, yeah, they. They probably did as much they as they're happened. capable of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it, and yeah. The, and they got the goals when they did. Like, the first corner was, I thought it was unbelievable. It was yeah, it yeah. was right on De Gea. And then De Gea was pushed. Like, I thought it was a clear free kick. Um, but, they, yeah, then the goal goes in. And then they got a, like, it wasn't a lucky goal, I guess. But it took a deflection later in the game. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how United react. I think United's form has actually leveled off. And they've, like, won constantly for the past while. Whereas few months ago they were up and down um mm. so it'd be interesting to see how they react and then Sheffield United like they're 10 points off safety which is more points than they've got <laughs> so far so like <laughs> can you see them getting 10 more points maybe like they, if they play like that every week but that's not how it works and we that, know that I saw yeah. I saw a stat saying that um Sheffield United they've only scored more than once in a game twice this season wow uh, both times against Manchester United <laughs> right <laughs> Can we play well, him every week? They'll be open. Yeah, they'll be hoping to play him all the time, won't they? <laughs> I mean, yeah, like like you say, Paul, Sheffield United is still ten points from safety. That's a that's you know, we they're it's too many. That's yeah, what I mean. They've many, they've yeah. got, you know, eight points, is it? Or seven points. Eight, I think it's eight points, yeah, isn't eight. it? Um it's took them till January, near the end of January to get eight points. <laughs> they're not gonna get another ten. Well and without anyone else. Getting any of the exactly. points, yeah, 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 exactly. So that's yeah. the caveat to that as well. Is is everyone else has to lose the rest of their games for Sheffield United <laughs> to get out of this? It's not going to happen, I don't think, in the slightest. Yeah. It's, but, yeah, but, I think last season everyone knew they were performing above their level, but absolutely to come back down to, to this level, it might like it's just. I'd say it's just a bit sickening for their fans. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think from for now, all the Sheffield United fans will want is performances like this. You know, they were fairly solid at the back. I mean, Phil Jagielka, 38 years old, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 
brilliant at the back. I mean, showed why he was, he's been playing in the Premier League for so long. Um, they'll just want their team to go down with a fight now, I think. And yeah. to make memories like this where, you know, beating Manchester United is, is obviously for the first, I think it's the first time at Old Trafford. So it's a big, big win. Definitely. Yeah. Is it the biggest shock of the season? Because we were having this debate, you know, obviously we, we did, in, our, in our little group chat. Um, we put it out as a Twitter poll and uh, actually the, the Aston Villa 7-2 uh, win against Liverpool was voted as the, the bigger shock this season. I think, Do you agree with that? I think that if you look at a one-off game, then the Villa, obviously the Villa game was, was massive. But if you, I think if you think about the whole season now in as a sort of long cast, this is the bigger shock because Sheffield United have been utterly, utterly dreadful all year. Yeah. There's no caveat about that. <laughs> Whereas Aston Villa have been, you know... De- right, really good. Like in spells, they've been phenomenal, like absolutely phenomenal. But Sheffield United have been dreadful. Man United are, are second in the league, <laughs> and you know we're top, and and you know have been talked up as title contenders. Um, so I think if if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, this is the bigger shock. But one off, definitely the Villa game. Yeah, scoreline for the Villa game. That's just a shock. In yeah, it's a any shock game. in any game, actually. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I think <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Look at us. Um, yeah. I guess. Now, would you expect Villa to beat Liverpool? Yeah, probably. Like, they could easily. Yeah. Um, but you wouldn't really expect Sheffield United to beat Man United and Old Trafford on the run. Like, they've beaten Newcastle. And <laughs> yeah, that's it. United, like. <laughs> so, yeah. Imagine, just imagine if they do pull off a, a great escape from here. I think that would be the greatest of all Oh, absolutely. Escapes. Absolutely. And obviously, over the years in the Premier League, there's been, there's been a few, you know, um, Great escapes as you put them, you know, teams surviving. Um, no one would, no one but would this, survive this. <laughs> this would be like the most ridiculous great escape of all time, wouldn't it? If if they could actually pull it off. Um, as yeah. I say, I don't see it happening, but just I mean, imagine. if they did, it's nice, it's like, nice to dream, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like you say, if they did, then wow, give Chris Wilder a lifetime. I mean, he's got a lifetime contract, <laughs> but give him another one. <laughs> Get him, get him, uh, get him in the Chelsea job when uh, Tuchel gets sacked in eighteen months. <laughs> if they keep, if they stay up, if Chris Wilder keeps them up this season. I think they need to build a statue and of, and rename Bramall Lane Steve Wilder Lane. Wild, Wilder yeah. Lane. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's not happening. <laughs> but like you say, one can dream. Moving on to the last game uh, was Tottenham Liverpool. Um, and Liverpool got the win, 3-1. And I thought Liverpool returned to their sort of some of their best form. They were really, really, really good. Um, I thought Tottenham were, were poor. Um, I think looking at Liverpool's side and you've got Jordan Henderson and Joel Matip, who's just come back from injury at centre-back. Jose Mourinho's put five at the back. I think he, at that game, that Liverpool side at the moment was for the taking. And Mourinho, I think... But he's probably bottled that, I think, yeah, because he, yeah. he. This Liverpool side is 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 brittle at the moment. Well, it was before this game, and you know they weren't scoring defensively. They looked a bit all over the place. Well, you say that, but they didn't concede that many goals. But they still, you know, they looked leggy, like their centre backs aren't even centre backs at times. Um, and I think Mourinho bottled it big time. What did you boys think? Yeah, with the Mourinho point, it's. I was watching the game and. Like 30, 40 minutes in where you see 10 men, 11 men behind the ball. And yeah. like Liverpool aren't in great form. So you're wondering why, first of all, why do you have so many people behind the ball? And secondly, what like what's your end goal for this game? You're at home against <laughs> Liverpool who haven't scored in four games. It's yeah. like genuinely thinking, obviously he wants to win, but it's just, it's just not really showing. Obviously, Son scored in the second minute and was disallowed, but... Mm. Unlucky. And if yeah, it was completely very, unlucky. He had no advantage unlucky. from from the offside. Like that's clear. So Liverpool could have been in a sticky situation, and the game would have been completely different. And obviously, you would have known what Tottenham would have done then. Just sat back yeah. and probably yeah. scored another. But yeah, really, with that game, like you really want to know what Mourinho's thinking, setting his team <laughs> up like that. I, I thought think, the first um, twenty minutes or so were very open, and it was it was I was like, this could go either way, sort of thing, but. After that, Liverpool really sort of took control of the game, as they have been doing all season, but this time difference, obviously, was they scored. Go on, I, Jim, think, um, I, th- I think Mourinho just wants to win his way, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, he, he doesn't just want to win a game. Uh, he, he wants to just go out there and, and play 
his style of football. And mm. um, I think he was just sort of banking on them taking one chance and, and then sitting that, back. That being it, um, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think that they really wanted to to go out, you know, all guns blazing and, and attack Liverpool and, and take advantage of Liverpool's weaknesses at the minute, like you said, Jake. Um, uh, it's a strange one because they were, you know, it was definitely three points that, you know, on the cards for them if they had gone out and, and given Liverpool a bit more of a, a, a problem, you know, given them more to think about. Um, at the goal, you know, the decision at the, the beginning of the game, if that goal stands, for example, if that, if he's a half an inch, you know, the other way um, and, and it counts, then that would have made a huge difference to the game. But, you know, to their credit, Liverpool, you know, they, they stuck at it, didn't they? And, and they've yeah. they managed to find the net for a change. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Yeah, credit credit to them really. Um, I did think that Spurs' defending could have been a, a lot better on the first and third goals. Um, the first yeah. one, I think, was a ball across the six-yard box, and, and Eric Dyer has just sort of watched it into and the keeper. The keeper's yeah, left it as well. Yeah. Why? Why is neither? You know, it should have been Dyer cutting that ball out, Absolutely. clear it, boot it, <laughs> get it away from the goal. It doesn't matter where it goes as long as it goes away from your goal. Why is he just sort of shepherding the ball across? You know and it, 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 that that was a strange defensive decision for me, um, and then also they didn't deal with the, the third goal was like a mm. sort of ball over the top um, from the right hand side. They didn't deal with that either. Um, the Joe, Joe Rodens tried to take a touch in the in his, in his yeah, yard box. Yeah, it just they just seemed they just seemed like in disarray when when that ball came in. They didn't know what to do with it. Just you know, you position yourself properly, and you get that clear, and, and it's, it's mm. never a goal. So um, that that's something for them to to improve on for me. Uh, but but Liverpool, you know, still have to take those chances and, and they did. And, and I thought I thought that um Trent Alexander Arnold's goal was very good as well. Yeah, it was a very good yeah, finish. But finish. again Lloris he's got to be turning that round the post. Um even to be fair, catching it because it wasn't the the world's hardest strike for Mane and he's pushed it straight towards mm. Trent where you know Trent's going to be you're always sort of lurking around that area and I was after the game Rio Ferdinand and Jermaine Genius were talking about it and Ferdinand was like very scathing like he was he was furious with Tottenham's defenders the entire way through yeah well, he just he um, hates any bad sort of defender doesn't he well, I mean, yeah, well, he's he earned has, that right to criticise isn't personal, he personally offensive whenever <laughs> there's a bad defensive defensive <laughs> absolutely moment. but like you say Jed that first goal cross comes in the keeper, the keeper all the defence that's the worst one I've got to get rid of it the second goal the keeper's got to, anywhere else but towards Trent Alexander-Arnold mm. and the third goal why Rodon is trying to take a touch in his own box I'll never know um, but fair play like you say Liverpool have to score those goals Hoiberg's goal was really good oh yeah, yeah. unbelievable strike that, yeah. that, that was an absolutely brilliant unbelievable goal. strike uh, but I, I, I do I do really think that Jose Mourinho bottled this game if he'd have set up and played the way they did when they destroyed Man United then they probably would, could have done the same to Liverpool because we know like we said Liverpool's defence is absolutely patched up um, I think he got it wrong at half time so yeah. obviously Kane was injured mm. but mm. he just completely reshaped the whole team so they were playing with five at the back of the first half which obviously I, you're guessing they've trained that week coming yeah. up or those few days trained five at the back Doherty was on the left Aurier was on the right and then to swap it all around go for at the back uh, it seemed to suit Liverpool a lot more definitely Salah had the goal disallowed and then there was just a, not a lot more chances but the game was way more open and I don't think it did, it's weird because Mourinho doesn't seem like that type of manager to just go for it at half time yeah like he, I think if they had kept it 1-0 until uh, 70th minute like the Liverpool would have just got tired it would have just naturally happened that Tottenham would have started playing a bit more attacking and then you never know what will happen mm. especially with Liverpool on kind of like a dodgy run of form and confidence mm. would be low enough um, so yeah it was strange that Mourinho made all those changes obviously it was kind of enforced with Kane going off um, and that didn't help at all with the second half they didn't really do anything attack attacking wise that's it isn't it losing Kane obviously he's one of the world's best strikers so that's yeah. never going to help what do you think how if he's out for say you know four or five weeks how much does that affect Tottenham massively mm. massively because the he adds so much to their team um, yeah. when they are attacking you know he can drop in hold the ball up um, he just seems to have a, a sort of instinctive connection with, with Son where he can drop in and, and find a pass and just, just sort of ping the ball out to the left hand side and he, he knows where Son's going to be making the run um, if he's not in the team 
I don't see anyone else in the team doing that similar sort of thing. And that seems to be how yeah. they get a lot of their goals. Um, also, you know, he's he's penalty taker. Uh, <coughs> captain. He just, yeah, captain. He's just, he's just a presence, isn't he, that's going to be missing um, if, you know, if he's not there. And, and when the ball drops to him in and around the box, he tends to finish as well. So um, it, it'll be a big miss for them. I think he'd be a, a big miss for any team, really. Absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely. Hopefully he's not out for too long. Because um, I'll have to transfer him out of my fantasy team. <laughs> I've got him in <laughs> mind as well. A, a quick one that I just want to touch on before we finish up was I was listening on the radio today and they were talking about Kane. And um, Darren Bent was saying that he can see Harry Kane leaving if Tottenham don't get in the top four and don't get Champions League this season. I just want to see hear your boys, your thoughts on would you, A, does Harry Kane ever leave Tottenham? And B, if he does, when? I don't think he does. I think it's past the point now where he's he's going to leave. I think if he was going to go, he would have gone, you know, mm. two or three years ago when he was more, you know, I'd say at, at his peak of his powers because he seems to have had a few injury problems since then and seems a bit slower than he was before, um, you know, on, on the field. So I think if he was going to go at any point, he, he would have gone before. And now he seems like such a, like so much, he's part of the furniture, I guess, at Spurs, isn't he? I don't think he would want to leave that at this point. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Kane would leave. He, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. I think he's still like only twenty-seven, so he's got mm. plenty more years oh, um, yeah. to play. But it seems I don't think Tottenham are that far away from being that team to challenge for the title or top four. Like, like obviously they challenge for the top four. Um, but like it's not like the club is kind of like Arsenal where they're in a transition period. It mm. seems like Mourinho could be the coach to turn them around so I don't see him leaving he is yeah part of the furniture the club captain um, I think yeah. I think he wants a trophy there doesn't he um, if he wins a trophy there like we were saying about Grealish, Grealish like last week um, winning a trophy with Tottenham would be massive Harry Kane but yeah, yeah. imagine if he finishes his career with no trophies just nothing <laughs> just that I mean that'd be that'd an be absolute, a shame that'd be an absolute travesty wouldn't it um, it would be a shame yeah I mean obviously trophies don't define a, a player's career but they certainly, you know, they add to a player's pedigree, I think, don't they, when, when you look back at them um, and, and the career that they've had. So it, it's, it's important, it, you know, in, in that respect. I, I do think that at some point Spurs will win a trophy, though, especially under Mourinho. Under it's just, Mourinho. It's just what he does, yeah. isn't it? You know, he'll, he'll go and win them an FA Cup or, or you know, the, the, the League Cup or something. Potentially not this season. And they've um, got the final, haven't they? Yeah, they're, they're, in, yeah. they're in the final, so anything can happen. But I, I think they're playing City, aren't they? And, and, yeah. City's competition gonna, in the last few years, City. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're probably not going to beat City at the moment. Um, so, But I think Mourinho will definitely win a trophy there. Um, I yeah. don't think they'll win the league. I think they're... But you never know. Yeah. At the minute, at the minute, not things have happened. Yeah. Yeah. If they keep hold of of Son, um, then potentially, you know. Uh, but yeah. if you know, if he goes, then you know, it's, they're a completely different side without him as well. So, um, it's, I think he's a bigger loss for Tottenham than Harry Kane, personally. Really? Son. Yeah, I do. I think he's the the sort of the one that brings everything together. He he's the one. He I mean, he had so much, doesn't he? His energy, he yeah, unbelievable. He does, he does. He just has. He has so much, so much pace and and like I say, energy. He can run forever, can't he? And Works so hard off the ball yeah. and defensively he adds a lot to that side. He's sort of like mm. Mane at Liverpool. He's I would like the three Mane for some reason is the most underrated, but uh, most Liverpool fans will agree that Mane is the one. If you take out of that front three, um, he's the one they arguably miss the most. Um, I think Son's that that player for Tottenham. Um, so I think if he gets if he gets injured, that, that I think that's a bigger miss for Spurs. Anything else to add, boys? Before we finish up, what what do you see um, happening with Liverpool now off the back of this result? Do you think that they'll build on this now and, and recapture their their form? I think it's a good building block, definitely. I mean, they've they've rubbed that little hoodoo off now of they can't score, they can't win. They've done that. They've beaten Tottenham. It's a good, great result. Mm. They've got West Ham away. I, th- I think they're away to West Ham next. Yeah, it's Ham. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Tricky, it's so, a tricky game. It's tricky, tricky, tricky game. West Ham, I mean, great form. We spoke about them a lot this season. They're great. Um, so it's a tricky game, but if Liverpool win that, then I think we'll probably start to see them build again and just keep sort of plugging away and potentially go under the radar like a lot of other sides have done this season but this season's been a bit crazy so <laughs> Paul what do you think? Yeah you're ho- you're hoping that there'll be a bit of momentum off this result I think to- mm. like in one way they played 
Tottenham had a good time like instead of playing against a team like West Brom or Burnley yeah a team who were set up to defend obviously Tottenham were but at the same time they are a big team so they would have wanted to they've got like, the Spurs as well would have wanted to win the game like um so yeah I think Liverpool obviously got a little bit lucky that Kane got injured but they got the win and they played well in the second half like there's no denying that they did play well so whether they can bring that into the next game yeah we'll see but yeah, like if they beat West Ham, that's a team. West Ham are a team on form. Um, Absolutely. At the moment, so yeah, they'll build a bit of momentum, get a bit of confidence back, and yeah, they are playing without their first choice centre backs, first choice midfielders at the moment. So yeah, hopefully they get a few of them back, and then yeah, we'll see. I don't think yeah, City are in scary form at the moment, so. I think they could pull away with it, but never know. This season has been strange. It's been a wild one. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope it continues. Yeah, it's been it's been entertaining. It's been one of the it's one of those seasons where if they're fans in, you'd, you know, it'd be it'd be even better. But I think that adds to the fact that it's such a wild season. Um, it's certainly been one of the better seasons in in recent memory of of like anyone could be. It's anyone. gonna be a it's gonna be a memorable episode of Premier League years, isn't it? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole year in general. <laughs> um, all right then, lads. If everyone is happy, then I think we'll finish there. Um, so thank you, Jed. No worries, mate. And thank you, Paul, again Cheers, for coming. Mate. Cheers, guys. Um, and thank you to all the listeners. And listening and cheery bye Sports Social Podcast Network Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.